0: Welcome to the Wild and Free podcast episode 68. I'm Ainsley Arment and this week we're talking with Jonna Holmgren of Fox Meets Bear all about developing daily rhythms in our homeschools. Creating a rhythm ended up really helping us homeschool wise
1: but then also just living wise to be able to you know know what to expect throughout a weekly basis and a daily basis but then still have that whole rhythm be incredibly fluid and flexible and it feels like it's this anchor that is always there these like roots within the system that we can tap into whenever we are kind of
0: feeling like that chaoticness. we can always kind of go back to that plus we just reprinted our popular nature journal book and course by Kristen Rogers and we'll tell you what's inside in just a minute So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. Each fall, I lament the darker days and colder nights of the season. Yet, by the time November and December come around, my heart settles into the home in an absorbing, contemplative, and satisfying way. Somehow, as the world embraces us a little more tightly, I feel it breathing new life into our rhythms rather than suffocating them. While the world rushes about doing, going, buying and bustling, we slow down and embrace the home more than ever before. We worry less about making our home holiday ready and more about making the most of what this time of year can offer in the ways of learning Crafting, reading, gifting, and eating. We embrace the state of being housebound due to winter's chill and make the most of our togetherness indoors. We focus more on caring for each other, nurturing our sibling and family relationships, and cherishing our favorite holiday traditions. This involves a lot of handcrafting, baking, and reading our favorite festive stories. It's starting a fire and piling all the blankets and pillows on the floor for a day of reading, board games, and snuggling. Some days, it looks like baking gingerbread or decorating sugar cookies until it's dark outside and time to make dinner. And sometimes, it's letting everyone simply do their own thing, including mama. But most of all, it's meeting my kids where they are Because I can't expect them to be interested in what I want to do if I haven't invested in their worlds. This is a year-long goal of ours, but this time of year beckons us to slow our pace and rediscover the joy of being together. Home isn't the four walls, but the relationships within them. Friends, as we enter a season when the world calls us to clutter our calendars, fill our refrigerators and empty our pocketbooks, the home beckons us to rest. Be still, revel in simple, and savor our moments. As we move into winter, my hope is that we will listen to our hearts and respond with thoughtful action that we would look our children in the eyes and know that this time together is what matters most. May our homes burn bold and bright this season, and may our hearts rest in the glow of our children's eyes reflecting the love they feel from us.
2: Welcoming the remarkable, share her wisdom with our all of us. Uniformly welcoming Julie Bogart, Greta Eskridge. I'll see you to cello.
0: If you're drawn to freedom. What does that mean in our home schools? We want to be involved in our community. Practical, real life applications for ways you can It's primary. what do I want my children to love? Education is the ordering of our affections. In order to reclaim childhood, we have to. Reclaim motherhood. You are an amazing community. I love the way that you are growing homeschooling from this organic inside out. So thank you very much. Our beautiful homeschool community wasn't able to come together in person like we normally do. So we turned to the next best thing, our online community. Last month, we hosted our first ever Wild and Free simulcast and we were joined by thousands of homeschooling mamas from all over the world. The result was better than anything we could have imagined. If you miss the event, it's not too late. You can re-watch the experience until November 22nd. But time is running out, so grab your ticket and gather some friends for a one-of-a-kind viewing party in your home sweet home. Go to bewildandfree.org simulcast. Jana Holmgren is the mama behind the popular Instagram account, Fox Meets Bear. She's a Minnesota dweller, a wife and mother of three girls, and a homeschooler focused on connection, nature, curiosity, and hands-on learning. Outside of homeschooling, she enjoys gardening, foraging, cooking, baking, swimming in the lakes, and wearing cozy turtlenecks in the fall. She recently sat down with Jennifer Pepito to talk about developing daily rhythms in our homeschools. Let's listen in.
1: Thank you for joining me today, Jana. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be a part of this and have learned so much from Wild and Free Community and other mamas, so I feel, yeah, I feel incredibly honored.
2: Oh, I'm very excited to chat with you. I think so many moms right now... Are kind of embarking on a new adventure in one way or the other and are looking for help in developing rhythm and creating, you know, a home that nurtures learning. Mm-hmm. But for so many, they really haven't done this before. And I think it'll be really wonderful if you could share some of the ways that you developed rhythm, especially rhythm around learning in your own home.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a curious topic for me as someone who usually and generally prefers to just go with the flow in life. Um, I felt, so I have three daughters and their ages are um, eight, four, and two. And so when my oldest daughter, as she kind of got older and, you know, how you can tap into learning like the individuality of each child, there was kind of the, this moment where we used to take things just really moment by moment, but then she kind of asked me more, Like, what are we doing tomorrow? Like, what's happening tomorrow? What's happening next? And I could just like intuitively tell that she was craving, like, what's happening next? What's the plan? And that was more how she was wired. And so, creating a rhythm ended up really helping us homeschool wise, but then also just living wise to be able to. You know, know what to expect throughout a weekly basis and a daily basis, but then still have that whole rhythm be incredibly fluid and flexible. And it feels like it's this anchor that is always there. These like roots within the system that we can tap into whenever we are kind of feeling like that chaoticness. We can always kind of go back to that. I love that.
2: Yeah, that's such a well. That's such a good concept. I think in Waldorf, sometimes they talk about that breathing in and breathing out. And even throughout the year, like as we're ending summer, it's almost a little bit of a breathe out. And yet we're heading into a phase where we really have to, in some ways, open up to learning and to new structures and rhythms. So tell me a little bit for a mom who is like, I've never had a rhythm in my life. My kids get up, they play with toys and we, you know, we have no schedule, no routines, nothing. Where would you start? What would be kind of a baby step? To developing a natural rhythm,
1: absolutely. I I think even for moms that don't have a rhythm and that works, I I feel like that's oh that's incredible and it's wonderful. If that's kind of the flow is to is to have that openness. I had only kind of started it feeling like we needed some sort of like yeah push and pull to the day. Um, When I first started, I just kind of anchored the things in terms of like splitting up the day in half, and so. Our afternoon times is our outdoor time. And so, pretty much, no matter the weather, that's kind of our one of our like established family rules is like the element appreciation. So, being able to um, get outside, even if it's raining or below degrees or super windy or super hot, and just kind of being able to still appreciate each of those um, experiences. And I don't know, I've always enjoyed kind of leading that with the girls if it's if it's all perspective of how we can view you know each experience or all the way down to the weather if it's a rainy day it can it can be something that's really exciting and really um really fun and really like this beautiful stimuli to get out and um splash in the puddles or go on a walk and just wear the right gear and engage with that so i would say like splitting our days in half with outdoor time and inside time Has been huge. And then, like you said, the Waldorf, um, we pull from that a little bit too with homeschooling. And so, morning times at getting started, making breakfast, um, feeding all the animals and pets, just getting everyone kind of organized. And then I take that morning as like the open breath. So, like a bloom phase opening up as like creativity or indoor play or um, working on a project together or fort building or playing with Play-Doh or kind of those like expansive mind openings. And then kind of late morning for us is when we would like hunker back in and kind of close back up and maybe like slow down music and have a snack time and then go into afternoon rest time and um, naps and things like that. And then that kind of is our closing down stage. And then, you know, right after naps is like that reopening up. And I feel like, I feel like our girls have always craved, like they want to get outside in the afternoon. And so then that's usually the flow is like get fed and then just get outside. And then I don't know, I've always loved like the idea of, you know, like how there's different parenting ideas of training, like how you can train your children or I don't know, like sleep training or things like that, that people do. I, always loved the idea of like nature training. So like, even if it, if anyone's starting out and it feels overwhelming, just starting really, really small and giving yourself like a time limit and even say it's the mid mid winter well here in Minnesota. Yeah. Freezing cold. It's like, if we can just get outside for 10 minutes, that's success. And we, we did it to feel the elements for 10 minutes. Um, but then now I feel like we're, we've kind of built up the girls where, I try to, if we can, spend hours outside. So then the whole afternoon is outside. And whether that is just um, going for a walk in the woods or swinging, or if they're not feeling like that activity level, like actually bringing out books and bringing out activities, but just doing you know everything you would normally do inside the house, but presenting it to your children outside,
2: This sounds so amazing. But I think for some families, they, you know, especially if they're transitioning from being in a more government school system, or traditional school system, it almost sounds too romantic to be true. Mm -hmm. Like, how can we give up, you know, the six hours a day of online learning that our children are probably going to be required to do in the fall and just like play in nature mm-hmm. for the whole afternoon. Absolutely. What would you say to those moms who are feeling like this just isn't going to prepare my child educationally? Oh,
1: man. Well, I feel like I have a kind of a lot of thoughts about that in terms of just homeschooling and from only my own personal um, experience watching my girls flourish in those like unstructured ways. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge advocate for homeschooling. I would I would hope um, that everyone can kind of experience those little things. And with, with online schooling, it seems like that, that also would be a great way to somehow bring your laptop and do your schooling right outside um, and still be in those elements, but still get the learning done. Um, I guess I'm not so familiar. Is it usually, is it six hours of computer type?
2: I think think that for families who are sort of making a transition and still trying to stay in the school system so that they don't feel don't yeah. can, be concerned about falling behind. For Some sure. families are going to transition to at home learning or distance learning, but still be enrolled in the same school. Absolutely. And, and, you know, so obviously, from a wild and free learning perspective, and having graduated four students, yeah. I feel like absolutely, you can yeah. get off the computer and just go outside for the afternoon. Definitely. But, you know, how do you teach your child to read? And how do you make sure that they're learning math if half the day is spent outside. Yeah.
1: I always feel like the, that's where the intention comes in all the way down to having an infant baby. It's all about like how we engage and connect in all of the little ways. And so, you know, if you're like, it's way easier to bake a cake by yourself with no children around, but inviting them into that, then they get to learn about measurements and texture and sound and letters and There's so many ways to just continually connect in. And with online schooling, I feel like incredibly refreshed imagining of a group of students that have one teacher and how long it would take to get through the school day with a larger group. But if you pair that all the way down to one child getting through their work for the day, there's going to be all of that extra wonderful time to get out and explore and engage with nature. And as long as there's, yeah, I guess I'm, if I don't know if there's like the check-ins where you have to check off certain computer systems. I don't want to, you know, go against anyone's system, but I think there's an immense amount that children can learn outdoors. And just with a parent who's open and tries to be like as present as possible. And that intention, I think can carry through in so many ways, even like, Wild math um, curriculum—I've been super into of just how many things that you can do when you're outdoors, as far as um, specific subjects and the power of storytelling, the power of play, the power—the power of just engaging with mud and, like, you know, for little children. But I think anything can be expanded outdoors as well. Any any book reading and schoolwork as much as possible. Oh, I love
2: that. And it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with a friend today who was saying that in her early years of homeschooling, she was very afraid of not checking out the boxes, So she did a lot of language arts worksheets, but she realizes that if she had instead been reading out loud and talking about books with her children, they would have actually gained so much more comprehension vocabulary. And I think that's the key with (sighs) more natural learning is not that we are learning less or not being academic. It's just that, We're doing it in a more one on one conversational way as opposed to having to rely on an outsider to teach our children.
1: Absolutely. I, yeah, have, yeah, a story with that. That I, when my oldest daughter was, you know, quote unquote, learning to read, I felt this absolute pressure like, okay, she's this old and there's other people around her age that know how to read. And I remember just feeling like, I wanna do a good job and I believe in homeschooling you know, but if I can't do this, it's, I just felt that incredible pressure and, um, kind of battled with that, like that box checking experience where you're like, we have to do this because we want to get here to get here. And like, you know, those levels of things to get through. And it, it honestly, it wasn't until I just completely dropped that in regards to specifically reading. And we just started reading and reading and reading just to just reading out loud. And so, for example, like I started reading her Nancy Drew. So that was like kind of an older, um, an older book, like, you know, beyond her age, as far as like word um, comprehension and things like that. And it, it that is where the magic happened is just reading aloud, reading aloud. And then all of a sudden she started, you know, we started with younger books, but as she learned how to read, continuing to experience that together she completely took off reading. It was like a light switch moment overnight where it was like, actually, mom, do you think that I can read Nancy Drew by myself? And I was like, oh, um, totally. Yeah, that's great. And like that little moment, like, wow, you're okay. You're flourishing without me and you can do this. And then I had no idea where she was with levels because I had just stopped checking in or worrying about that. And then my really good friend, it was during kind of the stay-at-home order. What um, my daughter was FaceTiming with her daughter and they were just crafting and just building and everything, just hours talking with each other and um, reading to each other. And then my friend had said to me, like, do you know that she's like probably at like a fifth grade or fourth grade reading level? And I was like, what? No, I, I had no idea. So anyways, it just was like this beautiful expansion of like what her age is now And where she should like technically, quote unquote, be versus like now is just flourishing and reading at such a, you know, technically high level. But to be able to just light that fire within them is what I believe is where is where learning happens, but then also is like sustained in her heart. And so I just think that's so beautiful that it's possible.
2: I love that. Yeah, I love what you said about sustained in her heart. And I think that's one of the beauties of homeschooling is that it's not just Mm -hmm. about meeting academic standards. It's also expanding their heart. One of the poems that we're going to read in our curriculum this year is when I heard the learned astronomer by Walt Whitman. And it's basically about a guy who's sitting in a lecture hall listening to the astronomer talk about the stars. Oh, and he man. walks out and looks at the stars instead. Mm-hmm. And I think that is in some ways what we're doing with our children is instead of sitting in the lecture halls, listening to lectures, we're actually mm-hmm. getting into life and doing life with our children and and really expanding their their horizons in so many ways because of oh, that. Oh,
1: absolutely. And I feel like even the the physiological body movements. And I mean, I know that's like a, that's a proven thing. We, we learn better when our bodies are awake and alert and moving. And I mean, absolutely. I have found that with, with children too, the, the learning aspect and earthing aspect, I think is just, is huge for awakening their like curiosities. And then that's where I feel like the learning gets established in their hearts too. It's not just like copy, paste, copy, paste. It's, it's so much beyond that.
2: I love that really just homeschooling the whole child. And tell me about like, I think that even with that rhythm conversation, part of helping our children learn is some underlying things. Like I had a friend who was talking to me about homeschooling her child. And she was saying that the child is having a hard time with attention and not feeling very peaceful, but they have just been dealing with some mold in their house. And I think Absolutely. sometimes we're, we're not aware of how, you know, the, our diet and our sleep rhythms, all of these kinds of things play into learning. What oh, are just yeah. kind of some basic places to get started with creating a healthy natural environment for learning?
1: Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's so, such a great topic. I feel like I instantly thought of, like the movement aspect is kind of one of the reasons when we first thought about homeschooling versus like finding a school to go to. And I know it's such an individualized choice, but in our minds, it was like, how, I just don't know if she's built to sit for that long throughout the day. And that was kind of one of our things, like her actual physicality is, is just so vibrant. And then to almost like pin her down and have her get through studies. And so I have always loved that in regards to children and wherever they're at with developmental or um, educationally, it's it's so personalized to that child. And then yet our society builds these little tiny boxes and then each child is supposed to fit within that box. And if your child is moving too much, then they probably have this type of label and then they need to be treated. And it's just like I just I feel so passionate about that that subject. And so I guess like leaning into that, that's always been something um, to have like indoor swings, or taking breaks or being able to move your bodies and engage with that and lean into that. Because that is how they're designed as children is to have that like craving of moving and, um, you know, exploring with their bodies. And it's just, it can be easily viewed as a bad thing. But I have always viewed that as just such a beautiful thing. So Um, yeah we definitely I feel like lean into movement around here and barefoot as much as possible indoors or outdoors and then little elements of bringing nature inside as much as possible I feel like has has been such a beautiful way to continue the continue the learning process um, from outdoors to indoors yeah
0: we'll be right back to our conversation with Jana in just a moment But I wanted to take a minute to let you know that we've just reprinted our popular Nature Journal book and course by Kristen Rogers. This 132-page full-color book showcases beautiful photos of Kristen's process, describes her nature journaling techniques, and gives you an intimate peek at her own watercolor pages. But the book is just the beginning. You'll also get access to a 14 week nature journaling course featuring Kristen's content and videos from the Wild and Free content bundles, along with printable worksheets and step by step instructions. Each week's lesson includes a video tutorial where Kristen shows you and your kids how to paint a particular subject, whether it's a tree frog, a mushroom, or a wildflower. You don't have to be a great artist to nature journal, but by learning the fundamentals of observation, painting, and documenting, you'll find joy in this beloved craft. This two-in-one resource is the perfect way to spend the chilly months of winter when a brisk hike outdoors calls for a toasty fire inside, a warm drink in your hands, and your nature journaling spread out on the table in front of you. To learn more, go to and Free org slash nature journal. Now back to Jonna Holmgren. What a peaceful atmosphere that would
2: create when your child is, you know, constantly getting a multi-sensory experience of the world. I think that that is a big part of learning and being, having a brain that's fully integrated is when we are not just like learning from pen and paper, but mm-hmm. touching things and feeling things and experiencing, you know, even temperature changes have an impact on us
1: definitely yeah i couldn't agree more and just leaning into into like the messes that that brings and and knowing that that's all a part of this engaging um learning and yeah for sure textures elements all of those awakenings i feel like is is so huge for their learning and it's wonderful to see children thrive in that way too Yeah, that's
2: so helpful. I know that families can read the Wild and Free book to get ideas on how to get started. But is there any just a last simple step that you would say, you know, if you're going to homeschool this year, this is one thing that I I recommend you start with?
1: Oh, man. Do you mean kind of in nature in general or just homeschooling in general? In general, just getting
2: started with the rhythms and the the whole kind of new experience.
1: Yeah, I think just, well, I mean, first of all, just offering yourself grace and knowing that you are allowed to adapt and allowed to change. And um, I think there's just sometimes there's this guilt associated when you, even when you plan a whole rhythm and you have all these lofty goals and you're like, we're going to do laundry on Wednesdays and we're going to do this, this day. And then it just doesn't work out that way. Just knowing that that's every, uh, mostly every other mom in the whole world that is having those experiences too. And being able to be adaptable, I think as a family is huge, but then as a mom to just bounce into what those shifted needs are Um, sitting down, I would say like, if you're going to never have written a rhythm before to sit down and so you start from big to small. So like look at your month and figure out. So for example, when I like kind of zoom out to our month, Saturday mornings have been my kind of little like haven zone. So I know that that's coming Saturday mornings, even if it's for like one hour or two hours, it's something that I can look forward to and is kind of like established on the calendar. So I'll go to the farmer's market on Saturday mornings all by myself. And it just is so rejuvenating and then try to, if I can do a yoga class or just do walking or being outside. Um, and so kind of like zooming out is a great place to start. You know, what, what do your Sundays look like? What do you, when do you want to see family throughout the week? Or, you know, if libraries are open or accessible, choosing like an anchored library day or an anchored um nature group day, and things like that, where there's like these bigger anchors. And then you can like continue to zoom in. So then taking a look at, at, yeah, more of like a specific week. And I think there's so many great categories that you could you could really get into it as far as like cleaning or pickup or things. But then on a daily basis, like what is important for the day, it's it's not always going to go perfectly according to rhythm. But I, I think that's the important thing is that if you need it, it's there and it kind of like re-roots everybody back into this like stability. But if things are going well, like lean into that or if there's changes, you can lean into that and feel that freedom too. Um, if that makes sense, I guess that's kind yeah. of a, yeah, accepting way to view it. And that's then, so helpful. Yeah. And I think
2: especially the concept of giving yourself grace as you grow, mm-hmm. because this is, you know, the process of being a person is is such a process. It's a journey. And so feeling frustrated or defeated because you made a mistake or you didn't do things the way you hoped you would do them can really cause so much shame and and inertia in a way. Mm -hmm. Whereas giving yourself grace to start over is so empowering.
1: Yeah. And just like starting that rhythm and pencil and trying it out. And then if you realize, oh, I didn't give enough time for this, or um, I would like to yeah, have this time be later, earlier, things like that. I think that's like a a beautiful way to do it as you literally get to erase things and fill it in and try it out. And um, another like really great starting point, which I've seen a lot in the Waldorf world is not even constricting yourself to times. So if you set up a daily rhythm, just having like a pattern to your day, so taking those bloom phases of like, indoor reading time, and then going on a walk, and then coming home for rest, and then doing chores and kind of like bursting out the music, trying to get a lot done, and then coming back in for podcast hour before dinner, Um, things like that. I feel like those are great ways to anchor the day, but it still is is a really doable way where you don't feel like you're ahead of schedule or behind in schedule or things like that, maybe too.
2: Yeah, such a wonderful, wonderful reminder to just start small and and start in pencil even so mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today jonna i know that the wild and free community is going to be so appreciative of all the insight that you shared as they create rhythm in their own homes
0: absolutely jennifer thank you so much for having me thanks jonna we loved chatting with you and friends don't forget about the nature journal book and course by kristen rogers This is the perfect season to cozy up by the fire and cultivate your love of Mother Nature. We've just ordered another print run, but they won't last forever. To order your book and course, visit bewildandfree.org slash naturejournal. Well, that's all the time we have for today. But join us again next week for the Wild and Free podcast.